Welcome to Daily Defining Moments. This is Pastor Allen, and I'm so glad you're with me. Our goal each day is to help you open your Bible and connect with Jesus. Remember, before I begin my day, God has something to say. We're reading through the New Testament portion of the one-year Bible in the New Living Translation. Today is September 2nd, and our reading comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Now, if you remember from yesterday, Paul urged us Don't live for yourself, live for Jesus. In other words, my life is no longer about me and what I desire in my kingdom. It's about Jesus and what he desires in his kingdom. And the truth is, because I'm created in his image for this purpose, when I live that way, the truth is I'm blessed. I begin to live into my best life. Now, here's a good question. How do we do that? In fact, At the end of today's reading in verse 13, Paul says this, I'm asking you to respond, to respond to their ministry, to their love. I am asking you to respond as if you were my own children. Open your hearts to us. And remember yesterday, he said, we had this ministry of reconciliation. We're telling the world about Jesus. Our life begins to revolve around Jesus. And Paul is saying, open your hearts to us. Open your hearts to us. Now, here's the question. How do we get people, if we're going to make a decision that my life is about Jesus, So in my family, it's about Jesus. And at work, it's about Jesus. And in my community, it's about Jesus. At neighborhood, in my neighborhood, it's about Jesus. At school, it's about Jesus. At the gym, it's about Jesus. At the ball field, it's everywhere I go. I recognize I'm an ambassador. I'm here to represent God's kingdom. I'm here to introduce people to Jesus. I'm here to share out of my own experience, this is what it looks like to walk with Christ and the difference that it's made in my life and the difference it can make in your life. What does all of that look like? Well, Paul describes that in today's reading. So in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, beginning verse 3, he says this, we live in such a way that no one will stumble and because of us, no one will ever find fault in our ministry, in everything we do. Again, everything, everywhere, every moment, every relationship, all that we have and everything we do, we show that we are true ministers of God. Okay, well, how did they do that? Well, number one, he says, we patiently endure trouble and hardship and calamity of every kind. So the first thing is that they are facing and dealing with enduring hardship, which again is challenging for American Christians because a lot of American Christians kind of had this idea that if I'm a Christian, I shouldn't have challenges and hardship. And when they do have challenges and hardship, they have a tendency to get mad at God for it. Well, Paul just takes a different approach. He's going to endure those hardships in order to be a faithful witness. And the same thing is true for us. And he describes what those hardships are. So listen to this. Beginning in verse 5, he says, We've been beaten. We've been put in prison. We've faced angry mobs. We've worked to exhaustion. We've endured sleepless nights. And we've even gone without food. Wow. Now that's... That's the kind of hardship that most of us have never experienced. But I'm always amazed 
how easy it is for American Christians when they do face hardship to turn away from their faith and to feel like God has abandoned them. And yet, I think we have to remember that it's in our hardship where we usually meet God. And it's in our hardship that our life becomes a powerful, undeniable witness to all of those people in our lives that we're trying to reach. The truth is when everything's going great and we tell everybody we love Jesus, it doesn't have the same impact on people as when we're enduring hardship and they see that we still love Jesus and we actually love them. Now my life has tremendous power and influence. Here's the second thing. In verse 6, he says, we prove ourselves by our purity, our understanding, our patience, our kindness by the Holy Spirit within us, and by our sincere love. So he says the second thing, not only do we endure hardship, but people see the life of Jesus in us. And this is why we always talk about this. We got to go first. We've got to allow Christ to do this work in us. We're not just running around like salespeople trying to get people into heaven and not really paying any attention to what God is doing in us today. No, we're learning to walk to follow Jesus. And we're inviting other people to follow Jesus. And if they'll follow Jesus, guess what? They find themselves in heaven right? And I think that's a big thing to be clear about because I think one of the things churches, and I think this has even been true at times for Definition Church, there's been such an emphasis on getting saved, praying the prayer so we could go to heaven that we've unintentionally de-emphasize the importance of walking with God now. So we're not running around trying to sell heaven to people. We're going around and inviting people to follow Jesus. And the most appealing thing about our life, the thing that makes them open to following Jesus is when they see what Jesus is producing in my life and in your life. Here's the third thing he says. He says, also, God's power is at work within us. We use the weapons of righteousness in the right hand to be on the offensive, to attack, and in the left hand for our defense. In other words, our righteousness is evident to everybody, and that gives us great power. It allows us to advance in our mission, and it also protects us from their attacks. He says, we serve God, whether people honor us or whether they despise us. We're not living to please men. We are living to please God. Again, he describes what that looks like. He says, we're honest even when they call us imposters. We are ignored even though we are well-known. We live close to death, but we're still alive. We've been beaten, but we've not been killed. Our hearts ache, but we always have joy. We are poor, but we have spiritual riches. We own nothing, and yet we have everything. And so he says, this is what it looks like to live righteously and to live to please Jesus and not men. And then finally in verse 11, here's how he kind of closes things up. Oh, dear Corinthians, we've spoken honestly with you. Our hearts are open to you. There's no lack of love on our part, but you've withheld your love for us. So we're asking you, open your hearts to us. Think about the people in your life, maybe in your family or at work, or in the neighborhood, people you have relationships with. 
Let's pray that because of the way you follow Jesus and because of what Jesus is doing in your heart and life and the way you're able to love and serve them, even if they don't honor you, even if they don't respect you, even if they don't treat you the way you wish they would treat you, they are so moved by how well you represent Jesus and what Jesus is doing in you that they would open their hearts to you and open their hearts to Jesus. God, we thank you again for inviting us into this ministry of reconciliation to be your ambassadors, to revolve, to organize our entire life around Jesus. God, we want to bring your kingdom. We want to bring Christ into every environment and every moment. God, that begins with what you're doing in our hearts. I thank you for every person listening. God, they're on this podcast because they want to learn to connect with you and to grow in their faith. Lord, what we're talking about is supernatural. So Holy Spirit, we invite you, we ask you to empower us, to help us grow and mature, to give us a supernatural love for the people that you've put in our life and help us to live the way Paul lived, that our life would be this shining example, a shining reflection of Christ, that it would draw people and open people's heart, tear down their defenses. God, we pray that the people in our lives would open our hearts to us and open their hearts to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thanks again for being with me today. I hope you have a great day. Remember, before I begin my day, God has something to say. We'll see you again tomorrow.